0: Well, I wanna kick off today by asking you to think about your normal day. Whatever a normal day is like for you, meaning not like a holiday or vacation or a weekend, but a normal day, what does it look like for you? What do you do on a normal day? And so kind of as we think about this, because here's what I know for most of us is the odds are pretty high that whatever you did on the day you're thinking about, your normal day, you probably did something very similar on the previous normal day before that. So for example, if you woke up to your alarm clock, chances are on the day before you woke up to the alarm clock. If you woke up and you don't need an alarm clock, chances are on the day before, you didn't need the alarm clock there as well. And once you got up, what did you do? You might've woke up and you might've checked social media or maybe checked your email or, or maybe you read the Bible or, or or you did a little workout, you took a shower, maybe you made some food. Whatever you did on that day, you probably did it on the previous day previous day. You probably drove to work. Taking the, if you work outside of the home, you probably drove to work taking the same route that you did the day before. You work with the same people. You did similar things. You probably got home the same way. And sometimes you get home and you realize, I don't even know how I got here today. It just kind of happened. You might have, if you have kids, you might have a normal routine with the kids, right? You get home, you put the three kids in the tub, one of them always escapes, you go chase them down, get them back into the tub, right? You have some kind of routine at night you do, normal for you. You might check your social media, you might binge watch a TV show or or watch the the, the news, excuse me, watch the news. You might have some time in prayer or, or you might journal. And at the end of the day, you might lean over to your spouse and, you know, make a move and get rejected again and go to the bed angry again. I don't know what your day is like for you specifically, but chances are it was pretty similar to the day before. In fact, what you normally do and what I normally do isn't a result of conscious choices, but rather of daily habits. What you and I do normally on any single given day is not a result of some decisions you're making, but it's of habits that are already in your life. In fact, Duke University did a study back in 2006, and what they discovered is that actually 40% of the actions that you and I take on any given day are not a result of decisions we're making. It's just a result of the habits in our life. Think about that. 40% of what you do every single day are based on habits. That's why as we're talking about habits, if you and I are going to change where we're going in our life, if you and I are going to change what we're becoming in our life, then we have to address and talk about and change our habits. If you were here last week with us, you know we recommended the book, and I highly recommend you pick it up and listen or, or read it. It's the book Atomic Habits by James Clear. And James Clear tells us most of us have similar goals in life. We could go around and pull us and most of us would say something along the lines, you know what, I want to have good healthy relationships. If you're a Christian, you'd say, you know what, I want to be close to God. I want my life to count and matter. I want to make a difference in the world for God. Most of us have some kind of financial goals and we want to be financially free and be able to be financially flexible and most of us would say, you know what, I, I want to be physically healthy in some way, shape, or form. We have similar goals. But why is it that we have dramatically different results? Why? James Clear says this, he says, it's not your goals, again, we all have similar goals, it's not those goals that determine whether or not you'll be successful, it's your systems that determine whether or not you'll be successful. He said this, he said, you don't rise to the level of your goals, to what you're shooting for, rather you fall to the level of your systems. So what I want to do today is I want to talk about systems from a spiritual perspective. Now this message, and and really this whole series, is important for you, for all of us, because, and here's why, I have talked to so many of you over the years. I've shared life with you. I've heard your stories. I've heard your challenges, and your hurts, and your pains, and your fears, and your problems. And so many of you would say, and have said, I want to be more successful than I am so many of you would say, I-, I want my life to be better than it currently is. Jesus said, I've come that you may experience and have abundant life, life to the fullest. That I know so many of us miss out in so many areas of our life. So this series is meant to help move us more in that direction towards an abundant life in Jesus. That you and I could experience more peace, more joy, more fulfillment, more contentment in our life. And so spiritual success is available to all of us. It's available to us when we finally say, you know what, I'm going to address the systems in my life. Because I understand I don't rise to the level of my goals. I fall to the level of my systems. Now today what I want to do is I want to show you a powerful example of a guy who had a system. Here was a man who had one habit that helped shape him into who he was, to help him become the man of God that that God wanted him to be. We mentioned him briefly last week. We want to talk a little more detail about him today, and his name is Daniel. And I'd like you to turn in your Bibles or go on your phone to the YouVersion Bible app. Go to Daniel chapter 6. And if if you've been in church before or you grew up in church or, you know, you've probably heard of Daniel and when you think of Daniel, you tend to think, okay, Daniel, he's the dude with the Daniel in the lion's den. And and that's true. And and you might know the story of how he stood up and stood down the the lions and he survived. But what's really impressive about Daniel is that he stood out as the best of 120 of the top young leaders in the nation. Daniel stood out the most. In fact, here's what Scripture says about Daniel in Daniel chapter 6. It says in verse 3, Daniel so distinguished himself among the administrators and the sap traps by his exceptional qualities that the king planned to set him over the entire kingdom. Why did Daniel stand out? Was it his, you know, exceptional leadership skills? Was it because he was just super detailed and analytical and could analyze and, and things and come up with plans? Or maybe it was, he was just incredible when it came to relationships and interacting with other people. We don't know specifically, but we do know there was something that caused Daniel to stand out amongst the best. Now, before we answer the question of what made him stand out, let me give you a little bit of context to the story in Daniel chapter 6. Daniel had become popular with the king, so much so that we just read the king wanted to make him in charge of the entire kingdom. The king wanted to promote him. And here's what happens. Some of you have experienced this in your life. Anytime that a person rises in success, there are other people around you that want to tear you down. Some of you know that, some of you have experienced that, and Daniel was in the midst of that and people were trying to tear him down. And they were looking for any kind of weakness or flaw in him as a person, in his character, anything so that he could be disqualified. They had problems finding issues with him. Look at Daniel chapter 6, verse four. It said this, "'At this the administrators and the satraps "'tried to find grounds for charges against Daniel "'in his conduct of governmental affairs but they were unable to do so. They could find no corruption in him because he was trustworthy and neither corrupt nor negligent. So since they couldn't find any flaw, they couldn't find any weakness, they figured our only chance to trip Daniel up was to do something in relationship to Daniel and his God. Daniel lived in a foreign country and his God was the God of his people, the Jewish people, Yahweh God. And so, they decided, all right, we're going to do something here and we are going to go to the king and we're going to trick the king. We're going to trick the king into issuing a decree that for the next 30 days, that if you prayed, you could only pray to one person and that's the king. And if anybody was caught praying to anyone then, the, then other than the king, that they would be thrown into a den of hungry lions. So some of you, like, again, you know, Daniel was in the lion's den and somehow he survived. And you're like, you may not know or remember how that happened. Well, this is how he got to that situation. And it tells us in Daniel, as it goes on, that he stood out as one who was among the top leaders. And I'm asking us the question, what was it that made him who he was? I'm arguing this morning that it was a system. It was one small habit that he put in his life that over time shaped his identity. It gave him confidence to be who God created him to be. And so I want to look at his system now. Notice Daniel chapter 6, verse 10. It says this, when Daniel learned that this decree had been published. Again, the decree that, hey, you only pray to the king. He went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened towards Jerusalem, towards his home country. Three times a day, he got down on his knees and he prayed, giving thanks to God. Now, don't miss it. Here it comes. He gave thanks to God just as he had done what? Let's say it together. Just as he had done, what's the word? Before. There it is. What did Daniel do? Not once a day, not twice a day, but three times a day. Not when it was convenient, not when it was easy, not, you know, at the end of the day after he'd watched, you know, binge watched all his shows on Amazon Prime or Netflix or whatever it was. But every single day, three times, he stopped. He sought God. He listened for the voice of God. He petitioned to God. He let God direct his steps three times a day. You see, Daniel lived. A habit. Daniel lived out a system of spending time with God. He made it a priority, a habit to prioritize his life around having intimate fellowship with his heavenly father. It was one small discipline that helped and impact his entire life. And that's what I don't want you to miss today. Never, 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 never underestimate. How God can use something small in your life. How God can use something small in your life, a small habit, and how he can use that to transform your entire life. Don't underestimate what God might do. God might do something powerful, something that impacts you, but also impacts a lot of other people through one simple small habit or act of faithfulness. You see, God loves to take your small acts of faithfulness and do something special with them, to do something special in us. And it's those small things, it's those small habits that are added up in your life over days and weeks and months and years and even decades, that they help shape you and shape your identity and even change your identity. Even seemingly insignificant habits or disciplines taken together over time in your life, they shape how you see yourself and how God wants to work in your life. I just want to take a moment to share a couple of my habits that I've developed over the years that have helped shape me into who I am today. In and of themselves, these habits may or may not mean much. But here's what I knew. Here's what I know. I wanted to be and I want to be spiritually healthy and strong as a pastor, as a spouse, as a, as a friend, as a dad. And so I have some habits in my life, some small disciplines that I have implemented over the years that collectively have helped me in my journey, have helped shape me into who I am today. For example, I decided quite a long time ago that, you know, one of the biggest things for me is I, I wanna be close to God. That was a choice I made, and I knew for that to happen, I would have to have some disciplines of the faith in my life. In other words, nobody just stumbles into intimacy with God. Maybe some of you figured that out. You don't accidentally become full of spiritual strength and power. It just doesn't happen. You don't become, you know, just overnight a person who's strong in their faith. It's a journey. And so I determined that I wanted to be a person who says yes to God as often as I can. Whenever I was consciously aware that I would say yes to God, well, there was one habit that I started early on uh, where I wanted to say yes to God, and that was the habit or the discipline of giving back a portion of my income to God, or, or the Bible talks about the word tithing. And so Heather and I chose, when we first got married, we chose, you know what? Here's a habit that's going to be in our life. We're married, we're starting this off. We want to be right with God, with each other. And so we said, you know what? Here's what we're doing. The first 10% of our income, we're going to give back to God just as an act of worship. We said, you know what? We want this to be a constant reminder to us that, and back then we didn't make much. We hardly made any at all. And we were in a tiny little apartment. Actually, we were living on the dorms on campus. And, and, and you know, we, life was tough back then. We said, well, it doesn't matter. God's the one who's going to provide anything and everything for us. He's our provider. We're just going to, as an act of worship, give back a portion to Him. So we said, we're giving to God first and ourselves second. So we, Heather and I, Said, we're going to, this is one of the habits that are going to be a part of our life. We're going to worship God in the tithe. Well, we developed another habit, which actually I developed, uh, started in my teenage years. I made it a discipline of my faith. I want to be close to God. So I said, I want to make it a habit of going to church. Now you say, well, that's easy for you. You're a pastor, you're paid to be here. Well, it didn't start out that way. See, our family to this day, we don't have discussions about whether or not we're going to church. We just go. Because I know so many, it's part of the conversation. So much so that when I'm on vacation and especially when I'm in town and I'm not preaching as a pastor, I actually say to myself, Chris, don't go today, just rest. It's actually good for you. And frankly, it's actually good and better for the church. Stay away. But the next thing you know, I'm in my car, I'm driving to church, I show up, I walk through the door and a lot of people are like, hey, I thought you were on vacation. I thought you were gonna be away. And I'm like, I know, I know. And I'll walk up to Pastor Derek or Pastor Trevor. Tra- Pastor Trevor wasn't here, by the way. They had their little baby girl, Ember, this weekend. And uh, awesome, awesome. I don't think we have pictures yet, but we'll get those uh, soon. And, and so I walk up to them and, they, and I'll be like, hey guys, I got the greeting, the welcome, and I got the announcements. And they always look at me, they're like, we already got it planned out. We had it all figured out, you're getting in the way. But the point is, I just go to church. Our family just goes to church, it's a habit. It became a priority for us as somebody who loves Jesus and loves his family, and that was a small habit, but it impacted who we became as people. Whether it's reading the Bible, whether it's praying, all these habits that I built into my life because I wanted to be somebody who was close to God. And so I just knew that in order for that to happen, I said that I had to say yes to God. In all of these different ways that I would build into my life, I had to say yes to get there to be close to God. You know, I also knew that it was important for me to take care of myself, not just spiritually, but physically. So I determined, I decided, you know what? One of the things I'm going to do, I just, I'm just going to work out every day. It's part of my life. It's part of my routine. It's strange to me if I don't work out one day, it feels weird to skip it. In fact, I know if I skip, I'm going to have a hard time sleeping that night because I have extra pent-up energy. And so since I wanted to be healthy, I said, what's another little habit in that? I so, said, I know one of the things I can do. I said, I, can, I, just, I, I said, I want to be healthy, so I'm going to be a water drinker. It's just something I'm going to do. And so I can stand today and now say, years later, you know what? I'm just a water drinker. It's who I am. I wake up every morning and I drink about 64 ounces of water every morning right when I get out of bed. Some of you are like, I don't drink 64 ounces in a month. (laughs) And then I go through my day and I drink another 60 to 90 ounces. And then I get home at night and I drink about 32 ounces at night. And then I go to bed and I wake up every hour to go pee. I could go on and on with all these little different habits that I have in my life. I remember one habit that I developed and the last one, I I remember there came a point where I said, you know what, I wanna be a flosser. I did. I was like, I'm so sick of going to the dentist and every time I go, there's so much pain and every time they touch my mouth, the chills go through my body and the blood, my gosh, the blood. And I was like, this has gotta change. And so I made that decision, and now it's different, and I change. Again, I can go on and on and on, but here's the deal. I decided that I would regularly change one small thing. Some of them, pretty insignificant. won't bore you with them. Even some of the ones I just shared might have bored you a little bit. Some of them are significant, but added up. I stand today at this stage in my life, and I say, I'm a reasonably disciplined person. I'm a reasonably, you know, this person who's trying to say yes to God. One small discipline or habit added to another, to another, to another helped shape my identity and even change my identity. I'm going to tell you about another book I'd encourage you to read. It's called The Power of Habit by Charles Duhigg. That's kind of the premier book on this whole habits thing. And he has what he calls a keystone habit. And a keystone habit is a change or a habit that you introduce into your life, into your routine, that ends up carrying over into other aspects of your life. He says, keystone habits have a ripple effect into other parts of your life that end up creating positive changes. You ready for this? Unexpectedly. In other words, there are certain habits that you and I, we could introduce into our life that might end up propelling us uh, and propelling you on to more God-honoring habits and disciplines in your life and you don't even realize it today. So I was thinking about that this week and I was like, what about for me? What was a keystone or what are some keystone habits in my life that led to other disciplines, that led to others that changed who I am or began to shape me into who I am? And I mentioned it earlier, that's why I kind of brought it up because I realize as I look back, tithing was actually one of those for me. Faithfully, regularly giving to God first. I just, that small discipline in my life led to another, which led to another, which led to another. And over time, taken collectively, it's what was God used to build up my faith. So imagine for you, what is a keystone habit that's already in place or that could be in place that God might use? It could change your marriage. It could empower you as a parent. It could equip you as a leader. It could develop you as a business person. What keystone habit What set Daniel apart? Three times a day. He stopped. He paused, said, I'm going to have intimate time with God, just as he did the day before, and the day before, and the day before that. It was a keystone habit in his life that guaranteed that other elements were introduced into his life that helped him become the person God wanted him to be. Never ever underestimate how God might want to start something special in your life through one small habit, one small act of obedience done over and over and over again. If you were here last week, and if you weren't, I encourage you to go back and listen to the message, watch the message. We said it, we said this, we said, instead of starting with the do, because we're talking about habits. And so we said last week, we don't want to start. Okay, here's what you got to do. Here's what we got to do. We said, no, let's start with the who first. Remember last week was who before do, who before do, who do you want to be? Who do you want to become? And I hope you thought about it this week. I hope you prayed about it. I hope you're thinking about it even today. Who do you want to be? Who do you want to become? You say, I want to be a godly I want to be a godly spouse. I want to be a godly person. I want to be a bold witness for Jesus. I want to be a person who's healthy. I want to be a person who's clean and sober. I want to be an awesome spouse, an incredible friend. I want who do you want to be? Then, based on who you want to be, then we now start talking about what one habit do you need to start. Based on who you want to be, what one habit do you want to start? Based on who God is calling you to be, What small discipline, it could end up being a keystone discipline in your life that others build on that. What small discipline needs to be implemented that will move you in the direction of who you want to be? Now, let me help you with this, and this is the key. As we think about it, it's better if it's not big. The smaller, the better at first. So for some of you, again, we want to think small. Maybe for some of you, you start with based on who you want to be, you say as simply as, you know what, I'm just not gonna hit the snooze button anymore. I'm gonna start there. For some of you, you might say Bible, you know, before Instagram, Bible before social media. I'm gonna do my U version Bible plan. What will you do based on who you wanna be or become? You say, you know what, you know who I want to be? I wanna be a person who cares more for others. And so for you, something simple, you might say, you know what, I'm just going to start writing a note of appreciation to somebody each day. I'm going to send a text each day or an email each day to appreciate someone. Say, I want to be a person who's more organized. That's big. Okay, I want to be organized. Well, start something simple. Maybe you make your bed first thing in the morning. You say, I want to be a godly person, a parent to my teen, okay, or my child. Great. I'm going to read the Bible, a verse each day with them. version, I've told you about that. The app is amazing for you. You want to be a person that's focused. Okay, no problem. That's great. Start with a couple simple priorities each day. You want to be a person who's healthier. No problem. Sounds good. Start with something. Say, okay, I'm going to maybe eliminate this item. I'm going to join Chris. Pastor Chris, I'm going to be a water drinker. You know, I'd encourage you, don't start with a gallon and a half. It doesn't work well. But you can get there. You say, I want to seek God's kingdom First. And for you, you're like, okay, you know what? I get that. Not my kingdom first, God's kingdom first. So I'm going to give a portion of my income to God the second I get paid. I'm going to pick an amount, a percentage, and he's going to get it first. Based on who you want to be or who you want to become, what new habit do you need to put in place so that you can be that person? Now, I know some of you have been thinking this morning, Pastor, I get this. You know, systems are important, but I don't do systems. It's not my thing. Well, I gotta tell you, yeah, you do. We all do systems. We all have systems. You either have systems by intent or by default, but you have systems. Yeah, for some of us, our system may be hit the snooze button four times, But that's what we do, we get up late, we kick the cat, we yell at the kids, we drive like a crazy person to work while we're putting on our makeup. Then we have a terrible day, we drive home, we yell at the kids, we go to bed and we say we feel guilty. It's a system, it's not a good one, but it is a system. What new habit, based on who you want to be or become, do you need to create? Now, as we think about this, It's important to understand what Charles Duhigg calls the habit loop. This is gonna be critical as we move forward. The habit loop, by the way, every one of us right now practice the habit loop. You don't know it, you may not have had the language. This is already happening in your life. So it's important to understand as we think about a new habit. So habits, the habits that you have in your life and how many, what percentage of your day is, is habits that you don't make a conscious decision about? Remember what Duke University said? What percentage of your day, anybody remember? 40%, it's already happening. So here's how habits work. They're made up of three parts. There's something that will trigger you or be a cue for you. You see something. So for example, last service, we had our Next Steps uh, class upstairs for those of you interesting and knowing what's next here at LifePoint and how to be connected and involved. So I go up there and the first thing I see is this huge plate of donuts. And on the plate of donuts are a couple of chocolate old fashions and a couple of apple fritters. And they look nice and crunchy, my favorite kind. I see the donut. Now, all of a sudden, that's the trigger, that's the cue. And what do I want to do next with that? I want to eat it. It leads to the action or the routine or the response. If I see it, I will then have an action that results from it. The trigger or cue leads to an action. So then I eat the donut. Whatever the action, whatever the cue, the trigger is that leads to an action, you say, okay, because of this, then I'll pray with the kids, I'll sleep in later, I'll I'll yell at somebody. Whatever it is, there's an action based on what you see or how you feel then after that action there's or during there's the reward the dopamine high the sugar rush the pleasure the extra seven minutes of sleep or i think on an iphone the extra eight minutes of sleep on the snooze then it goes back to the trigger and that or the cue and that's how habits are formed it's a habit loop cue action reward cue action, reward. There's a trigger. There's a cue. You see something. You feel something. You have an emotion. Then that goes to you having some type of response, some type of action. And then you get a similar reward for that action. And that process is repeating itself over and over in your life. That's what's happening right now with you. Whether you're conscious of it, whether you're aware of it, that is what's happening. So the question is, I got it, I now understand the the habit loop. So how do I start a new habit? You say, this is something I've been wanting to do. How do I get there? Well, we need two things to happen with our cues and with our actions. We need two things to happen. It relates to the cues and the actions. So how do you start a new habit? Number one, we have to make it obvious. I wanna say make it obvious together. So everybody say, make make it obvious. Okay, make it obvious. How do you start a a new habit? Secondly, we make it easy. Somebody say, make it easy. Make it it easy. So first, we got to make it obvious. If you want to change what you do, then you have to change what you see. We make the trigger. We make the cue obvious. You say, you know, I'm trying to be a little healthier and You know, I know I bought vitamins 10 years ago and they've been in the cupboard a long time. I'm going to pull them out at night and I'm going to put them on the counter so in the morning I see them. It's a cue, it's a trigger. Okay, eat those 10-year-old vitamin C's, you know, or eat that, whatever that may be. It used to be a gummy and now it's a concrete gummy or something, you know. I'm going to eat that, I'm going to have that. If you want to be a person who says, I'm going to read before bed, you're going to have the trigger, the cue to make it obvious. You're going to put your book or your iPad or your Kindle, you're going to put it on the pillow. So then boom, that's the trigger. That's the cue that this is what I do. I was talking to someone earlier, every night before bed, what they do is they take their book or they take their Kindle and and they read because it's just what they do. You want to be healthier. Say, okay, I want to be healthy. That's great. I want to be healthy. Get your workout clothes, pull them out of the drawer and put them right where you'll see them when you wake up in the morning. So it's the first thing you put on. You want to write a note. Because you say, I want to be a person who encourages others. Okay, well, you take, you take a note, you take a, an envelope, you take a stamp, if you don't know what those are, Google it. And, and, <laughs> and, and you put those on the count, uh, you know, on, on your desk at work so you get in, you're like, okay, I'm going to write this note or, or I'm going to type this email or send this text to encourage somebody. There's a trigger, so make that trigger obvious. If you don't change what you do, or, if you want to change what you do, you got to change what you see. The trigger's got to be obvious. Then we make it obvious. What was the second one again? Anybody remember? Starts with an E. Make it. Easy. Make it easy. You don't need to say, hey, you know what? I'm going to read the entire Bible all the way through this year. Because I can tell you what usually happens for most people is they get to, the Leviticus, they get to Leviticus and it's all over. <laughs> Once you get there, you're like done. What I want to encourage you, again, make it easy. How about, again, who do you want to be? What do you want to be? You say, I want to be a Bible reader. I want to be a Bible reader. Okay, great. You know what? Make it easy. I'll read one verse a day. You can get a streak going in the Version Bible app, and it'll track along with you there, and, 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 and so you'll have these streaks. Someone after one of the services said, hey, encourage everybody to be streakers, you know? And so, you know, so you get a streak going on the Bible app, and so for me right now, what I'm doing on the Bible app is I'm using, the, it's 60 days, it's Paul's letters in 60 days, And so I have, I can see January 1st, January 2nd, January 3rd, and they're checked off all the days I have this streak going. Or then it also says, hey, you missed one day. You missed this particular day. I can choose to go back or not. Make it easy. So for some of us, that's just, I'm going to read a verse a day. Start small and let it grow from there. You say, I want to pray with my spouse. When we don't know how to pray together. Okay, no worries. That's okay. You say, I don't know how to pray. How about this? You say, I want to start easy, start simple. You go up to your spouse, you, if you're married, you grab their hand and you say, I want to praise God for. And you just say, you just praise praise God right then and there. By the way, you don't have to close your eyes. There's nothing in the Bible that says it only counts as prayer if you close your eyes. You don't have to do any of that. Grab their, their hand. I want to praise God for. Start there, start easy, something simple. Thank God every day together. You want a journal say, I want to be a journaler. Okay, make it easy. One sentence. Here's where I saw God work today. Write a sentence. Or maybe you say, I praise God for, and write a sentence. Start small. It may grow. One day you might get carried away and write two sentences or five sentences. I want to get in better shape. Great. I'm going to do, you say, I'm going to make it easy. I'm going to do 10 push ups a day. Pastor, that's not easy. I can't do 10 push ups a day. Okay, fine. Do five push ups a day. You say, I can't do five push ups a day. No problem. Do one push up a day. You say, I can't do one push up a day. No problem. Get on your knees and do a push up. You say, Pastor, I can't do that. No problem. Just lay down on the ground and stand back up. that's probably reality for some of you and I want you to know I'm not mocking you. I'm telling you, make it that simple because that'll count and that'll mean something and that will matter. And you become to, you are able to say, I'm a person who wants to be whatever that is and you take the smallest step you can to help move you there. Do something. Start small and easy and see what happens. It could end up being a keystone habit that opens the door for other habits in your life that will end up shaping your very identity. Because here's what I know about you. Most of you, you don't lack motivation. You just lack a system. So start small build a system. How do you do it? Real quickly, if you haven't written anything down today yet, I want to encourage you to do this. You can do it on your phone, send an email to yourself, write in your notes. You can write it in front of you. Here's what you do. Write this down. Please write this one thing down. Write down this. Say, I will do blank. And you're going to fill it in. You don't have to fill it in yet. You can think about it this week even. I will do blank after I do blank. So just write that down. I will do blank after I do blank. That's gonna be your system for all of us. I will do blank after I do blank. It's how you build new habits in your life. James Clear calls this habit stacking, that you identify a current habit that you are doing that's just already a part of your life. So you think about some habit you're doing, say after this habit, then I will now introduce this new habit. In other words, I want you to name you know, your cue, your current habit, but then name a new action. Daniel would have said something like this. I eat eggs every morning. Okay, after I eat eggs, I'm going to pray. At lunch you say, I eat you know, pork sandwiches every day. Wait, wait, I'm Jewish. I eat roast beef sandwiches every day. After that, I'm gonna pray. I eat chicken, you know, chicken every dinner. After that, I'm going to pray. I will do blank after I do something I'm already doing. Who do you wanna be? I wanna become somebody who is close to God. Okay, that's great. So maybe you say something like this. After, some of you are coffee drinkers. After I buy that coffee or after I, I make the coffee, that's my trigger. So now I'm going to, after I buy that, I'm now going to read a Bible verse. You're stacking, that's habit stacking. You're stacking a new habit on something you already do. After I put my kids to bed, if you have kids, it's already something you're doing, that's your cue. It's gonna trigger you to get down and do a 30 second plank because you're like, that's part of this journey of getting healthy. Or you say, you know what? After I brush my teeth, it's something I already do. I'm going to journal one sentence. And By the way, ha- ha- habit stacking, look at how this can go. After I, I brush my teeth, I'm going to journal. That's the, the cue to journal. After I journal, that's, I'm going to stack another habit. That's going to be the cue to go grab my spouse if I'm married, and I'm going to grab their hand, and I'm going to praise God. I'm going to pray, I'm going to praise God for one thing. And by the way, when you get to that point, you don't even have to worry about what you're going to praise God for because you just wrote it down in the journal. Now you just run it over to them and say, okay, that's habit stacking. I started thinking about a bunch of habits that I have that I've stacked in my life. I didn't even have the language for it, it was just what I was doing whatever it is for you, identify a current habit, and then stack a new habit on top of it. Because remember, successful people, in whatever arena you're trying to seek success, successful people do consistently what other people are just doing occasionally. So people are close to God. It's not by accident. They have small disciplines that they've put into their life that they're consistently doing that over time has drawn them closer to God. So don't underestimate the power of doing something simple and small. Certainly my encouragement to you is what Paul said. Paul said this in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1. He says, since you are God's children, you must try to, and here's be before do, you must try to what? You must try to... Be like him. Be like him. I hope you would say as part of your journey, I want to be more like Christ. I want to be more like Jesus. Well, how do you get there? You be faithful today. You be faithful that a spiritual success is one single act of obedience done today. And over time, it adds up to where you're able to say, like Paul, I'm close to Christ. I'm walking with Jesus. How do you get there? You honor him today with something simple, something small, where you say yes to him. So I'm just going to ask you this question as we close. What small act of obedience, what small habit can you start today that you can find joy in that will move you in the direction of being more like Christ? What small habit do you need to take? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, in a moment, we're going to all come before you in in this time of prayer and let you know who we want to be and what we want to do. So right where you're sitting, as you have had time to think this week, hopefully, or even this morning as the Holy Spirit's been talking to you, who is it that you want to be? You want to be a godly man, a godly woman? You want to be extravagantly generous? You want to be kind? You want to be an encourager? You want to be an incredible spouse, a great parent? Who do you want to be? Will you tell God that? And then will you let Him know right now, God, here's the small habit I'm going to start today so I can be more like the person you want me to be. So if you already know what the habit is, will you let them know now? Say, God, here's the habit. I'm going to start it today. I'm not going to wait. And I'm just going to take this small little step and see what you do with it. God, hear these prayers. Today might even be simple. It might even be, Lord, today is the start for people who will look back in days, weeks, months, years, and decades and say, wow, that prayer, that time. I lifted up what ended up becoming a keystone habit that changed my life. So God, I just lift everybody up here to you this morning as we take this journey to become more like you. God, I pray that this week you constantly remind us that the triggers and the cues are obvious for us so that we can then have the courage, the boldness, the strength to take this new step, this new habit, so we can be more like you. Jesus, in a moment, we're going to come and give you an offering that you might use this for your glory, for your kingdom. And I pray that that happens. Thank you for those who this is part of their faithfulness. This is part of their habits of their life. Use this for your glory, for your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen.